This is the podcast for Indelible, a documentary film in progress for the week of July 16th, 2016. The word video comes from the Latin vidira, which means to see. Yet our recent media seems to bring more of a darkening of filling our perception with that which clouds and directs our gaze. During the 1970s, filmmakers in Spain created beautiful work which disclosed political truths. Films like The Spirit of the Beehive were metaphorical masterpieces where only those who could read the code could decipher the message. In their world, it was too dangerous to speak directly. This kind of embedding took much work, and the outcome offered the audience some badly needed acknowledgement of truths they could perceive but not discuss in their public square. It also reminded the viewer of the importance of beauty during difficult times. Beauty is a kind of medicine when there has only been strife and suffering for long periods of time. These past two weeks have been full of struggle. Two roads have coincided. It might even be more than two. Friday night, there was a soft knock on the door at 8 p.m. It interrupted my beautiful meal of garlic mashed potatoes. My dog had to think twice about leaving her baking position to instead take her barking position at the door. I pulled aside the curtain and a man stood looking at me. It was an odd stance. He didn't smile, nor did he return my smile. I gestured a query. What? He said in response that he wanted to walk in the back of the house and look around. Now I am selling my house, but this was odd, but mostly because of the stance. I motioned to him to wait a minute and walked to the front of the house to talk with him outdoors. I introduced myself. He did not. He repeated, I would like to walk around the back of the property. I asked, are you a developer? No. Are you looking for a place? Maybe. Well, I said, someone lives in the back of the house and it could disturb him. So I don't think this is a good idea. He seemed to bristle. He had the look of someone in law enforcement. His clothes and haircut, although civilian, looked like an off-duty cop. And he took long stares with long silences. He had no interest in the house. I asked him. I offered alternatives. No, he just wanted to go 
in the back of the property, where Carl's former cellmate, John Bosch, was living temporarily. When he was denied access, he turned and walked towards his silver SUV. That night, John and I slept with our lights on in our respective houses. We felt as though at any moment there might be another knock or someone in the yard. It took effort to sleep through the night. This is how John has been living since 1981, since he spoke out at Carl's inquest. He lives a clean life now. There's no legitimate reason for the police to want to walk around the back of the property and have a look. This kind of thing is rattling. It feels intrusive. It also happened the day after John wrote a letter to Senator Cantwell and Congressman McDermott asking for their help in getting the prison hospital where he was once allegedly treated for stage four lung cancer to let him see his own medical records. They're ignoring his requests. Even if the request comes from his doctor's office at the VA, it's been months. His letter outlined some of his experience and I added information about Carl's murder and the creation of his false death certificate. I wanted the legislators to know what might be behind this refusal. John knows cobalt was placed in his skull as a treatment for lung cancer. This has impacted him, and his current medical records show no sign of ever having had lung cancer. If he was diagnosed while incarcerated and told he had to agree to be treated for the cancer as part of his sentence, but he doesn't remember how he was treated in detail. And after he left the hospital, he had difficulty walking and other cognitive impairments. And he is the last living witness regarding Harp's murder. A lawyer said denying John his right to see his own medical records just makes it look like they did something wrong. And maybe they did. He said it's a violation of John's Eighth Amendment rights and treats him as if he is still an inmate because inmates don't have the right to see their medical records under their new HIPAA laws. But John is not an inmate. But the visitor last night made it seem like John was being reminded that he could be an inmate again. And this is what it has been like for him, day after day, for 40 years. As we waited for one visit late last night, we received another instead. The barred owl that lives down the hill stood by. He was so close that as he spread his wings, I could feel the air moving against my face.
but I took comfort in his presence. He stood by John's house, and he called out. It's a beautiful call.